Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown. Damn it, it's me. <laughs> you can find yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can catch this podcast, Second City Sports, exclusively on YouTube first every Tuesday and every Friday. Every Monday, every Friday. Good grief, I almost messed that up. <laughs> every Monday and every Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can catch Second City Sports first. You can watch it on YouTube at War Media every Monday and Friday. Our podcast schedule is still the same. You can listen to it every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor every Tuesday and Saturday. You can find us on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Just type in the search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can go to our website, WeAreRegalRadio.com, for more details. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In advance, thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. And Lakina, since we are here in Chicago, let's have some fun and start off with Great news from my favorite team, and my favorite team is the Chicago White Sox. As we get into some baseball talk, the Chicago White Sox, the Southsiders, uh, swept the young and terrible Texas Rangers over the weekend down there at Sox Park. Friday's game was a a 16-inch softball, to say the least, but they came out of there with a 9-7 victory. Saturday's game, it was a 2-1 win in extra innings. Not in extra innings in the, in the bottom of the ninth, thanks to Nick Madrigal, a.k.a. Nicky, <laughs> for the game-winning hit. And Sunday's game, which saw an outstanding performance from Michael Kopech, who did a spot start in place of Lucas Giolito, striking out 10 through five innings, uh, a career high from him. The Rangers went down to the White Sox 8-4 to four as the White Sox uh, did what they had to do and sweeping away a young and terrible team. Lakina, as I said on this show in our last episode, the worst that could have happened to the White Sox is taking two out of three. They did what they had to do in sweeping away the Rangers at home. Of course, starting this week, you have the Tigers here for three, and then you have Cleveland here for three games over the weekend before you go out on a road trip. A couple of things that stood out to me outside of Michael Kopech, Saturday's game, I'm going to the right side of my brain, which is the emotional side of my brain. For those of you new listeners, the left side of my brain is my intelligence side of, of my brain. The right side of my brain got a little crazy on Saturday. Liam Hendricks uh, had another blown save. And then, of course, Nick Madrigal uh, saved the Sox uh, with that game-winning hit on Saturday in game two of that series. Game one of that series, Dylan Cease did not look good. I know he has the potential to uh, do some great things on the South side. I know when we had our White Sox preview show, I know a couple of our analysts uh, said that Dillis East had the potential to win 20 games, but I don't know if you caught the, uh, the post-game presser on Friday. Dillis East talked about how he's still trying to work things out and it's mostly in his head. If that's the case, that's a problem. This, uh, this young man has all the talent in the world, and I think he will eventually figure it out, but right now it's all in his head. 
And sometimes you just got to block out what everybody else is saying, including the media and crazy fans, social media and all that. I think once he does that, he finally figures it out, just focusing on himself what and what the team needs him to do, he'll be okay. But despite uh, the, a couple of hiccups, uh, the Sox did what they had to do. Hopefully this will get them on a roll uh, if, uh, to uh, start off this hopefully a winning season. Well, look, for me – Look, he did what you're supposed to do against a, a pretty. I wouldn't say they're terrible. Look, they've got some players on the, the, the Rangers. They're they're young, but again, you're better than them. So, excuse me, can't talk. I can't talk today. Um, but but look, you did what you're supposed to do. I mean, I mean, look, Kyle Gibson kind of kept it close. That was a nice little pitchers do on Saturday. Look, Nick Martigal. I mean, look, are, are we back to liking him again? Because <clears throat> I know Sox fans have this love hate relationship with him. So I guess you know, I guess you know, after Saturday night, you know, you're back to liking him. <laughs> But I, I mean, I mean, look—you did what you're supposed to do. I mean, you got a tough schedule coming up against your divisional opponents, and look—you did what you're supposed to do. And, and, and look, you—you you had some—you had a little hiccup, but you're able to pull some of those games out. And look, I, look, I think you're gonna have these types of series where I think that look, you're, even the really the worst teams are gonna push you. So, and the, mm-hmm. and the Rangers did, and look, I think the White Sox were able to pull it out. So, I'm not. Like, oh, okay, they, they swept the Rangers. Yippee, yay, okay, yeah, okay, fine. You're, you're better than the Rangers, okay. You know, you did what you're supposed to do. Look, C's, I'm not, look, I'm kind of tired of the excuses with C's. I think he's gotten to the point where this is not his, you know, this is not his first year in the league. This is like his third full year in the league, and I'm not, mm-hmm. and I, I think that he needs to kind of get out of his own head. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's physical. I don't know if it's anything like that, but I think he needs to kind of get out of it because he's going to get out of that, ro- that front end of that rotation really quick if he doesn't get it together. Now, the good news is that the White Sox offense was able to kind of get him out. He was able to get out of those those messes mm-hmm. that he was in, but he, he kind of needs to sort of like, if he wants to be in that front part of the rotation with Rodon and Giolito, I think he needs to kind of like get that confidence going, get the, get, you know, his, his change of going, get that fastball going because he's going to be, you know, in the doghouse, you know, the Russo doghouse pretty quick. And also too, uh, go, uh, going back to Sunday's game, Michael Kopech, uh, of course, uh, you really paid it, uh, paid attention. He was on a pitch count, just like his spot starting that doubleheader game last Sunday at Boston. Kopech's on the pitch count. Of course, he's starting the year in the bullpen, but if Michael Kopech keeps pitching like this, like you said, like, you know, Dylan Cease will be the odd man out once Lance Lynn comes back. Uh, of course, he's all the other star who's on, currently on the DL. But if Kobe keeps pitching like that and these spot stars, like, like you said, like, you know, Cease will be the one that's out and going to the bullpen and Michael Kobe taking his spot. So, like you said, whatever uh, problems that Dylan Cease has, he has to figure it out pretty qu- quickly. Just, you know, you, ha- you got to have that bulldog mentality. Don't pick scared. Be aggressive, and, and, and you'll be you'll be fine. He has the stuff, but like you say, you just you had to. Um, uh, like I said before, you just got to get out of your own way. You know, block everything out. Just worry about what the team needs you to do, and you'll be okay. Yeah, just you know, just concentrate on what you need to do. You're not gonna be able to control everything or control all mm-hmm. of anything else that goes on. You know, we're all. You know, you know, behind the, the behind the plate and whatnot. So I think he that's what he needs to do. He kind of get get his get his head, you know, get his head in the game, as they say. So and I think mm-hmm. I think like you said, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, can you know Kopech, you know, can Kopech keep up this hot start? I mean, he this is sort of like what people were expecting when they drafted him. So will mm-hmm. we get that from him? I don't I don't know. Maybe he you know maybe this is sort of a start of you know him being a big star or. You know, once hitters start figuring him out, you know, maybe 
that'll happen. So look, I, I think you go <laughs> if you're a White Sox fan, I'd be encouraged with, to start with Kopech, especially after what happened last year. Sort of mentally decided to take that year off, and some other personal stuff that's happened. You know, you can, you can Google that. We're not going to talk about it, but you know, he's 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 looked really good, and I I, I think that's the that's what you want if you're the White Sox. You want that depth in starting pitching because. Sometimes the bullpen might let you down, and sometimes the mm-hmm. offense, you know, it'll be weird, but the offense sometimes will not show up. It just happens. So mm-hmm. if you need that pitch, you need that pitch to sort of stay, like, consistent throughout. And, you know, especially since – well, we'll talk about Kansas City in a minute. Look what KC is doing. It's just absurd what they're doing. They got their best record since even when they won the World Series a few years back. So I think if you're the White Sox, you need to kind of, like, keep that, keep that consistency <laughs> and keep that, you know, that, that, that train moving. You're listening to Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Guess what, folks? That's me. <laughs> As we talk about the White, the Chicago White Sox sweep over the Texas Rangers on the South Side last weekend. Lakina, I want to focus in on Nick Madrigal. He had that game-winning hit on Saturday for that two-to-one victory. Uh, going into Sunday's game, he le- he leads the league in uh, in batting average with two strikes for 408. Uh, this young man is coming on right now. You mentioned the the, the love hate relationship that some Sox fans have with them. I don't get it, Lakina. Uh, of course, uh, he's. I know he didn't play all of last year. He was brought up right in the middle of that 60 game season last year. He still hasn't found his footing yet. But uh, I like the way he approaches uh, the game at the plate. Now, his defense is starting to get better, so I'm, I'm watching that from him as well. But at the plate, I don't need him to hit 20 home runs. I just need him to um, to make contact with the ball and put the ball in play. I know one of the hardest things to do in sports is to hit a baseball, okay? Not everybody gets a chance to do it consistently, okay? But Nick Madrigal is leading the league in batting average with two strikes. He rarely strikes out, so you have to be proud of him for that. Uh, he's very aggressive at the plate. Uh, you, you saw that on, on Saturday's uh, win. And uh, I, if you hating on Nick Madrigal right now, I, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, it looks like he's starting to uh, turning around at the plate. And your man Mercedes, and like like you m- mentioned that you, uh, Michael Cope, uh, some of the hitters may start to figure him out. I'm sure that's going to come with time, but. I'm not saying that there's some that the league is going to figure him out. Eventually, that's going to happen in terms of Yerman Mercedes. But I like the the way he's having a, his approach with two strikes as well. I think he's number five and number four going into Sunday's action with batting average with two strikes. Uh, he's not just sitting on the long ball. He's very aggressive. So he's just just looking to get a hit. So the Yamanita is not just a home run hitter, folks, even though we like to see it as fans. But – uh, he's just trying to get on base, and that's what you like to see, especially from a young player. Well, and I, like I said just a few minutes ago, I hope Mercedes can keep this up. I mean, once mm-hmm. pitchers, you know, get you know tape on him and start to see, you know, what kind of what kind of things he likes to hit and, and those type of things. So I would say just enjoy this ride because you don't know how long it's going to take, how long mm-hmm. it's going to be. But look, I think look, he's being aggressive, but you know, he's not being too aggressive, and I think that's what you want if you're a young hitter. And, look, we'll see what he does. And, and I look, I'm looking forward to see what he does the rest of this season. Hopefully he can keep it up. But, you know, numbers show that it doesn't it doesn't always happen. So, I, I mm-hmm. think whatever you can get for him, try to get as much as you can as for mm-hmm. Madrigal. I, I mean, look, like I said before, we you know, Sox have had a love-hate relationship with him for the last couple of years. So, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, you know, his defense has gotten better. As long as he doesn't do any, you know, any type of mental lapses, I think he'll, he'll be okay. And I kind of, and I kind of feel like, you know, look, yes, he's gonna, 
hopefully he is not a defensive liability because I think that's the sort of thing, especially if you're in a very tight, that tight division as you know, we're going to see, you know, talk about it a little bit. So I, I, I'm like, I'm just enjoying what I'm seeing right now from both and hopefully both of them, you know, hopefully Marge will kind of keep this, this streak going and hopefully Mercedes can keep doing what he's doing because I think if you're if you're the white if you're a White Sox fan, this is what you want, and it looks like you may have a, a fight in AL Central. So you're going to need these guys kind of keep up with this, you know, this with this hot start, and you know, hopefully, you know, this will lead to Tim Anderson who had a nice, you know, had an RBI over the a couple of RBIs over the weekend. You know, hopefully, Abreu can you know get to be like right there mm-hmm. in the his MVP numbers from last year. So. I'm 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 not look I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing right now from this White Sox team. Could they have could they have be having a better record? Could they have a better record right now? Of course, but again, this is sort of mm-hmm. like where you think they would be when you start the season. Yeah, speaking of one of those players that we need to keep our eye on, that we said this player's name before this uh, the season uh, got started, and I said this player's name for the last couple of episodes that needed to turn it around. That I had confidence in that's Johan Makata. Uh, so far uh, in these uh, last seven games, he's had a total of seven hits out of uh, 16 plate appearances with a home run and four RBI, of course. In the series over the weekend against the Rangers, he had that home run on, on Friday. He had another RBI on Sunday. Uh, he's starting to uh, take uh, his plate discipline uh, seriously. He only struck out four times in the last seven games. Of course, he's struggled with, with that uh, to start the season. That's been his his uh, kryptonite ever since he he was brought up here about two or three years ago. So it looks like he's starting to learn. He's starting to become patient. He's still going to strike out here and there, but you don't want those strikeouts to become, well, uh, that statistic to become more than, than the hits because if that's the case, that's going to be a problem. But right now it's not a problem from Johan Makata. So he's starting to turn around. Like you mentioned, Lakina with uh, Nick Madrigal, I know some Sox fans want to uh, wring the neck of Johan Makata, of um, saying that term loosely, of course. But uh, Makata's starting to turn around. So uh, if you have any complaints about him, you just haven't been watching baseball. Yep, and you know, like I said, it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how how you know how far this White Sox team, how far you know, can Mardigal and Mercedes, how can they keep up? You know, can mm-hmm. Luis Robert? He's had his struggles. Like, hopefully, he can kind of get back back into it and. You know, Tim Anderson, you know, he's coming back from an injury, so hopefully he can get back into, mm-hmm. you know, the groove. So, like I said, I mean, the, the depth is there for the White Sox, and I, I think that hopefully this is the start of a nice run. You know, the, the schedule is there for the kind of make that run, so mm-hmm. hopefully this is just a start for them. And also, too, uh, Jose Abreu, I know uh, he struggled uh, out of the season uh, coming out of the gate outside of that grand slam against the angels in that first series of the year. Also, he's been performing well in his last uh, seven games with three RBI, three, three home runs, I should say, and six RBI. I know he had that big two run shot to blow the game wide open in Sunday's win over Texas. And he's putting the ball in play. It looks like he's, he's finding the way to let the game come to him. He was pressing on to start the year. Uh, he's, uh, you can appreciate him being aggressive, but you can't do everything uh, with one guy. And so, uh, as we mentioned before the season, uh, uh, before the season kicked off, the White Sox still have talent up and down the lineup to produce runs. And Jose Abreu is a part of it. So far, he's showing that when he lets the game come to him, not too much, not put too much pressure on himself. Look, look at the results. Yeah, yeah. I think the results are kind of speak for themselves. And like I said, know mm-hmm. your person, know your personnel. So. 
like I said, hopefully, like I said, hopefully he can kind of, no one's really asking him to sort of be back to that eight, the AL MVP numbers that he had last year. No one, no mm-hmm. one's expecting that. No, everyone knows that that's going to be hard to do, but hopefully he can kind of be at least, if he just be like a, like a fraction of what, what his, what he was last year, I think the White Sox can definitely, you know, be right there for that division and perhaps even win it. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Now let's go to the North side for a second, Sid. Unfortunately, if you're a Cubs fan, you know, Friday's game, you were encouraged. They scored 15 runs. But unfortunately, you lost the last two to Milwaukee. The Milwaukee's had your number. <laughs> so, so, Sid, what do you think? Because I, I, I'll save my, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So, we'll, we'll, you know, Sid, what, what, so what, what do you think? Of, what's the year about what's been going on with the Cubs this last week, this past weekend, I should say? As I said before, I hate repeating myself, but I'll say it one more again, as the kids would say. I accept for what this team is. They are a sporadic bunch when it comes to offense. They'll put up double-digit runs here and there. If they win a game, they'll barely score about four or five runs, which is probably about the normal average anyway for a Major League Baseball team to score runs to win a game. I accept the fact they'll score between three and five runs to try winning game, and uh, and they hope that they'll get great starting pitching. But they'll go on long stretches where they'll score a total of five runs for like six or seven games. This is what this Cubs team has been over the last three or four years. And you looking at this team with a much stripped-down roster from years past, and this is what they are right now. So I accept that. Well, we'll not accept – is players, you know, feeling sorry for themselves, saying that uh, we got to turn it around, which, of course, you have to, duh, if you want to win. But what I will not not accept as well, and I think we talked about this in our last episode, I'm not going to accept the fact that this is early. We're almost at the end of April, okay, and we're about to go into May. And the schedule is getting tough, going to get tough for the Cubs this next couple weeks. We'll give you the schedule uh, in a bit. But I'm not going to accept the fact that it's early anymore. Oh, the weather's bad. Oh, we got to wait till our superstars get hot. Uh, we got to wait for this to happen. We got to wait for that to happen. Somebody go out and make something happen. Like we talked about with the White Sox just a moment ago, it's not going to be up just to, to just one guy. Everybody has to play their role. And right now, uh, I'm not seeing that from the Chicago Cubs. Now, let's go into that series from, for, uh, for the Brewers this past weekend. Friday's game was great if you love offense, okay? Looks like, like I said before, if the Cubs are going to win big, they'll score double-digit runs. But realistically, you're not going to expect that, especially from this team game to game. Uh, Saturday's game, they were right there. The bullpen gave it away. I watched uh, the last two games of that series in its entirety via my computer <laughs> from the Milwaukee uh, Brewers broadcast team. But uh, Saturday, Saturday's game, they were right there. They gave it away. That bullpen, as I told you, is one of the concerns that I had with the team coming into the year. Sunday's game, Jake Arrieta, who's been their best pitcher, period. He deserved a better fate than that. And once he, he exited the game, the bullpen gave it away again. There was a couple of bad errors in, in that ninth, in, ninth inning on Sunday. Uh, Jake Arrieta didn't deserve that, but the rest of that team deserved that loss because you weren't aggressive enough. It looks like you were just going through the motions, and and, and that's unacceptable, especially for this Cubs team. As we mentioned before, Lakina, this NL Central is up for grabs. We'll get into the rest of the division in a minute. 
But Milwaukee, as we told you guys, they're the wild card of this division. And it looks like it's going to be that way. I'm not handing them the division title just, just yet, but it looks like they're playing the best right now. And, they, and they, whether you like it or not, they have the Cubs number. Well, here, here's the thing, though, with that division. I, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the division now. I mean, you look at you know, what's been going on in that division. I mean, look, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh won their series. And and also, too, I mean, you know, the Cardinals got the best of, you know, this, the Reds. The Reds have completely been in free fall. They've lost seven in a row as of this recording. The Pirates, I mean, they're at 500. And, yeah, I mean, the, the Brewers are 13-8. Okay, yippee. Okay, you know, Gellich is, you know, could be back. You know, he's had – you know, an injury. It turns out it wasn't as serious as I thought, so that's good news for them. Okay, mm-hmm. but then, but then I won running away with it just yet. I mean, look, the Cardinals have, like I said, they they swept the Reds. I mean, the Reds have been in free fall. Look, that that division is right there. I mean, there are no excuse for that loss on Sunday, Cubs. I mean, yeah, you know, Arietta, you know, had a shaky start. You know, he gave it that early run, but you know, he was dealing the whole way. And unfortunately, the the offense didn't show up, and neither did the bullpen. The bullpen has been terrible for. Them for the Cubs and those last two games where they could have easily won, they could have swept this series. And I don't want to mm-hmm. have to look back on that on these types of series and say, well, you should have won or you could have scored more runs or or you've had like an ill-timed mm-hmm. error or that kind of thing. So I'm you know at this I'm at the I'm not at the point where look, I'm not saying I'm not gonna make an excuse of saying that oh we're about three weeks in, so they should be getting it together. But the division's right there. The Brewers are gonna, you know, sink, you know, level off. That's going to happen because that's been sort of mm-hmm. the thing with these AL, these NL Central division teams, I should say. So, no one's going to run away with that division. You've got a chance to win it if you don't want you know you know the Ricketts family to start trading guys by the trade deadline to trade KB and those you know and guys like that. You better get together and look. You've got Atlanta and you know the Cubs got Atlanta. You know early this week and let the Braves have had their issues. You know, the, the, this last couple of weeks, you know, they've been kind of been sort of, you know, meandering. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. could have won their series. You guess put the series with them. So the, the, the schedule's there for them to kind of like make, make catch up here. So I'm not going to make excuses, but at the same time, I'm not going to say that, well, the Brewers are going to run with the division. They're, I don't think – no one's going to run with that with division. They're not. Everyone – every team has – every team in the NL Central has weaknesses. And, you know, mm-hmm. various weaknesses. So I'm not – look, that division is going to be right there for the taking, you know, by you know, by the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. I want to go back to the pitching for the Chicago Cubs. We talked about the struggles of Kyle Hendricks to start the year. But as I said on this program before uh, the season kicked off, Jake Garrietta, you're not going to get 2015 or 2016 Jake Garrietta. You're going to get this mature – hopefully Jake Garrietta. So far, he, uh, he's given you what he's got so far. And like I said before, he didn't deserve that uh, fate uh, on Sunday as the team uh, lost the game in the ninth inning. Uh, with their, uh, they were trailing one nothing, but the Brewers uh, blew it open in the ninth inning. Jake Garrietta didn't deserve that fate. He's been their best pitcher so far. Also, let's give some credit, too, to Albert Azale. Uh He pitched well on Saturday. And I, I thought that David Ross took him out just a little bit too early in that fifth inning on Saturday. Now, whether Azalea was on a pitch count, I don't know. I'm assuming that he was or it was just a gut um, move by manager Ross. But whatever the reason was, I didn't think that Azalea deserved to be taken out of that game. He was actually dealing. And the Brewers um, um, weren't a, a real threat at the time. And so the game was still right there for the taking for the Cubs. 
Uh, you can partially blame David Ross for that loss on Saturday, but Sunday's loss was on the players. Now, the starting pitching for the Cubs has been okay, despite the struggles of Cal Hendricks. But part of it is David Ross, but most of it is on the players with the offense in their bullpen. Their bullpen did not show up these last two games of that series against Milwaukee. Well, the, the middle relief, that middle relief, we said yeah. that middle relief was mm-hmm. going to be an issue for them. And, 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 and like, they got exposed. If, if like a third of the games this year, yeah, they for mm-hmm. some of those losses, I mean, if it wasn't for – if the middle relief were actually pretty good – and mm-hmm. maybe not giving up big hits or big runs or anything. But this Cubs team would have a better record right now. So I think that, look, there's a plenty of plan to go around. And, and look, like I said before, that they've got Atlanta. I mean, they look, the, the schedule, you, you kind of, you know, you split with Atlanta, and I think that's what, that, that's actually a good thing because mm-hmm. Atlanta's had their struggles this, you know, this year too early on. So also you got, you got since he was been in free fall. You got, you got the Dodgers. We'll talk about the Dodgers mm-hmm. in a second you know, next week, but, you know, look, I mean, is there the kind of, like, gain that ground? I mean, you're not, look, no one's going to, like I said, no one's going to run away from the NL Central. It, it, no one's going to run away with that division. So, if you want to be right there in the mix, you better be more consistent all the way around. I'm talking not just the White Sox, but I'm talking about the Cubs, too. So, let's talk about, like, the rest of the uh, all of baseball. What is, I have a feeling I know the answer, but what has impressed you so far, like, in, in you know, all of baseball? What team, what player and such? Uh, let's address the big elephant in the room. That was the Los Angeles Dodgers-San Diego Padres series. I'd watch just about every minute of that series, including that long-ass game on Sunday night. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Padres take three out of four in Los Angeles. Uh, in Southern California that I didn't expect. We talked about uh, the first game from last Thursday on our last episode, which the defense came up big for the Padres uh, with Cronenworth's uh, double play. That was awesome to watch. Uh, Friday's game was a classic as well. Saturday's game, uh, the Dodgers, they were down. They came back and, and won. And actually, Ken- and Kenley Jansen actually looked good for once in a closing out a game. Sunday night's game was a classic, of course. I had to turn it off for a minute after the Dodgers went up 7-1, to but Fernando Tatis Jr. was the best player on that field for both teams. Uh, he had a, a career weekend, um, homering in three straight games at Dodgers Stadium, the first shortstop to do that uh, in history. Of course, over the weekend, it was the anniversary of his dad. Uh, he played for the St. Louis Cardinals. He, I remember he hit two grand slams against um, the L.A. Dodgers back 20 three-plus years ago, so back in 1999 to be exact. Uh, this past weekend was the anniversary of that. So Fernando Tessis Jr. was a, a, a star both at the plate and on the field. The Padres, especially in Sunday's game, which they came back from a 7-1 deficit, that team is not going away, folks. And I know some people don't want to call it a rivalry because San Diego hasn't been the Dodgers for anything big in terms of the playoffs, but – it's going to be fun these next 12 games, and I can't wait to see. And I don't have the schedule in front of me, in front of me but I know it's going to be a while before these two teams play again. So San Diego, uh, especially the way they came back on Sunday night to take three out of four, they're not going away, folks. They do not quit. They do not quit. There's a young, talented bunch over there, and they had the, the players uh, to compete with the Dodgers. And, and the Dodgers better wake up because uh, – we talked about it last week, Lakina. Uh, uh, the Padres, I know they were doing a, a lot of trash talking, and the Dodgers went on and did um, 
uh, took two out of three last weekend in San Diego. But um, the Padres, uh, they didn't do much talking this time. I know Fernando Tatis uh, did a little silly eye-popping moments at his own players in the dugout, by the way, not at the Dodgers dugout. So people want to complain about that, go shut up and sit down. But but uh, the Dodge, uh, sorry, not the Dodgers, but the, the Padres did what they had to do. I, I guarantee you most people didn't expect uh, the Padres to take three out of four in Los Angeles. I expect it to be at least a split, but the uh, the Padres uh, did not quit. and they, They're going to be around to uh, being the Dodgers' uh, uh, skin uh, for this NL West division title this year. So congrats to San Diego. Uh, they, they really showed the fight in front of a national audience on Sunday. I mean, the Dodgers, it was like a waste of opportunity by the Dodgers. I mean, that was a great comeback mm-hmm. by the Padres in that Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. You know, they were down five, six, I should say. But again, you know, you had your chances to win it in the, in the, in the extra innings. You know, you had, your bases were loaded. You know, look, Dave Roberts tried to be cute and put Clayton Kershaw out there to try to – What was oh, that? I, 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 look, look, I mean – That's like Joe Madden type stuff from Tampa Bay like 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, look, this is one of those things where, look, if it worked, if they had, had one another, like, oh, that was an ingenious. That was like the best thing. That was a very ingenious move by Dave Roberts. The fact that he struck out, you know – you're like, okay, what the hell was he thinking? So it was sort of like one of those days where it, if it worked, you know, it would have been praised. But since it didn't, everyone's, you know, crucifying him. So that's that's kind of, you know, it is what it is with that. But look, I, I think, look, Tatis, you know, Tatis Jr., I mean, just, just amazing what he's done. That He was sort of like a one-man wrecking crew in that series. I mean, like, sort of synopsis of what his dad did, you know, back in the day when I believe he played for the the Mets and the S- Expos, I think, at the time, the old Montreal Expos, what he did. I think he did something very similar to what, Junior did, and look, I mean, look, they're getting healthy, and we'll look, we'll see, look, we'll see how, we'll look, we'll see once they start, you know, kind of getting back into it. Like he says, it's gonna be a while before they play each other again. I think this is the kind of series that is good for baseball. From you know, mm-hmm. the initial, the initial raise for that Sunday night was really good. The Rays were really good for that Brock, you know, for those, you know, those particular games, and I think they'll play for, I think, till like I believe till June. You know, it's the next time okay. they play each other. So, uh, you know, from what, I, from what I saw from my memory from the schedule. But, yeah, so I think this is good for baseball. I mean, yeah, look, it's a, it's a terrible that these are two West Coast teams. Of course, people are going to, you know, complain, bitch and complain about that. But, look, this is, again, this is the type of thing you want. And, look, if you're the Dodgers, I think you kind of, you'll get some time to kind of, you know, calm down and kind of let that, because mm-hmm. you kind of let this series sort of slip away from you. You could have, you know, had a stranglehold in that division. It had you one three out of four against the Padres. So, well, we'll, we'll see. Look, I mean, look, Eric Hosmer made some big hits for them. You know, their pitching came mm-hmm. through, you know, especially their relief pitching came through for the Padres when they needed to. So, look, once, once, look, call me again once, you know, the, the West gets closer. I know that the Giants have been playing very well right now, too. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't think they're going to, I'm not expecting them to stay, you know, in that. I, I think that, look, they've got some great young players for, for the, uh, the Giants, but I don't see them hanging around in that division. Um, Look the the dime look, the diamond bats. I mean that that kind of you know I don't think anybody saw saw that coming where they won two out of you know two out of three. Well, well, well four was postponed due to due to the weather, but they won two out of three against the Braves. No one really saw that coming. So I'm I'm not like look I, I think that the, the West the West is sort of like continues to impress. I mean the Mariners you know I know they lost you know on Sunday but they you know, they looked really mm-hmm. good. I mean. 
you know, the, the A's, you know, they were on a roll. They lost, you know, they broke, I think it was like 11 game winning, winning streak. That yeah, they- congrats to John Means. No relation to Kyle Means, our teammate here at War <laughs> Media. But uh, I did check out some of that game on Sunday. He, uh, John Means pitched his you-know-what off. So Oakland couldn't get anything going. They gave up five runs in the eighth inning. So you, they weren't going to win every game, folks. It was fun right the last. I still have them winning that AL West division. But um, Baltimore got some great starting pitching on Sunday. And so they deserved the win. But I think Oakland's going to be fine. Yeah, look, I think – and we'll see if the Mariners can stay up there. I don't think they will. But they've got a lot of great mm-hmm. young talent, there, talent up there in Seattle. Now, as for – look, the Red Sox are still hanging around. But, 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 I mean, the Blue Jays are coming up on the come up. And so are the Rays. I mean, the Yankees. Ew, gross. I mean, <laughs> they're 9 and 12. And look, they're starting to kind of, you know – you know, they're starting to come out, you know, the, you thought that maybe they're, you know, that you know, the train's going to start moving, but then mm-hmm. you know, they get derailed. So I don't know. Yeah, what, speak. That's all. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Speak, speaking of the Yankees, of course, they lost seven to three. Uh, on Sunday to the Indians, and that was one heck of a catch in left field by Clint Frazier, by the way, in mm-hmm. the eighth inning there. I did watch some of that. But Saturday's game, I watched in its entirety via my computer and via the DS network. Um, Shane Bieber pitched his you-know-what off for, for Cleveland, but Gary Cole matched him, and, and the Yankees pulled a, a page out of the Cubs' playbook, w- winning 2-1, to one, and it was a great pitcher's duel. As I said before for the Yankees, Gary Cole is at the top of their rotation. I know you paid him over $300 million, okay? And I know they have Corey Kluber, the former Indian. But outside of those two, uh, those two who's going to step up in the starting rotation for the Yankees? And – Will the Yankees start being more consistent in turning that offense around? Offense around because I know manager Aaron Boone shuffled the the lineups early last week, but uh, it's, it seems to be they're like the Cubs. They're uh, schizophrenic when it comes to being consistent on offense. Look, I think New York fans, Yankees fans, I should say, should be concerned because a lot of people thought that they were going to not necessarily run away with that division, but they they mm-hmm. would expect them to be in first place right now. We'll see what they do. I mean, I mean, like I like I said, I think that you know they're still in the division conversation, the AL East division conversation. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're not. You no, know, the Red Sox aren't running away with it. I mean, look, they're all going to be playing each other, I believe, for the next few weeks. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting what they do. Also, to a quick shout out to Madison Bongar, I talk about the the Diamond Bats field that game Sunday. You know, because it was a double header, so unfortunately, it didn't really count as a no hitter. He had a strike. Kind of as a no hitter. I mean, look, <laughs> it's very hard is, to do. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's very hard to do. Yeah, shorter night is. I think it's like the, the third time that's happened. You know, I think Hasnick from Hansack for uh, for the Red Sox. I think was the last one to do it back way back in old six. That was only five days because that was like that was a range shortened game, I believe. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you got to give him props. I mean, that was his best best outing since he joined. The Diamondbacks, you know, of course, mm-hmm. all the great things he did when he was with San Francisco. So he's kind of started, you know, kind of like having maybe a second, a second act, if you will, over in Arizona. But mm-hmm. no one's worried about the Arizona to really do anything. So we'll we'll see what you know what happens there. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 yeah. no. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you caught the post game. I actually watched it live via my computer. <laughs> but um, it was Jody Jackson and former Diamondback uh, pitcher uh, Brandon Webb that was yes. doing the post game. And uh, Madison Baumgartner said, let me say these two things before I go celebrate. One, thank you to the shadows in Atlanta. Number two, <laughs> thank you, Commissioner Ryan Manfred for showing these doubleheader games to seven innings. 
Mic drop. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was funny. That you was you could tell you wanted to get to that celebration, oh, and yeah. I don't know if you paid attention to those players that uh, to his teammates after the game, the second game when he pitched the seventh inning no hitter. They they walked up to him and then they started celebrating, jumping up and down, and I and I said someone that told him in his area. We gonna count it as an no hitter where the baseball it's does counted. it now. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not, yeah, it's not so, his. Yeah, it's not it, his fault. It's not his fault that they right. did the, the, the doubleheader world where it was all doubleheaders or seven innings. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. Yeah. So congratulations to Madison Bumgarner. So, well, for pitching a seven inning no hitter, we'll count it as a no hitter on this show. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yep. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakita McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Uh, we have these last few minutes left for this first segment, Lakina. Let's uh, go to the hardwood and talk about the these Chicago Bulls. We'll get to the rest of the uh, the NBA, the best and worst from the weekend, and we'll give you some of the key games for you to watch uh, come uh, coming up for this upcoming week in our uh, next segment, Lakina. This past Saturday night, the Bulls got down again. <laughs> Is this become a familiar script? <laughs> they got down early. They fought back. <laughs> did a couple of stupid things, i.e. Denzel Valentine's uh, er ball. <laughs> they did a couple of stupid things, and they ended up losing the game by five. And you go look back at the highlights, and you would say, if it only did this here, they did that. They made these free throws. They made a couple of shots. Oh, they did some things better. You, you, you go ahead. I got nothing. <laughs> well, well, look. I mean, if they had not, if they, you know, if they didn't have a terrible for, first quarter, I mean, they didn't have a horrible start. And see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, and also too, if Denzel, Denzel hadn't, you know, fell to hadn't tried to hit that three pointer from like. You know, I guess from Palm Beach, I don't know what the heck you know he was doing. You know, shooting. You're not Dan Marley. Stop it. Yeah, but, <laughs> you're yeah. Not no, come early. on. No, you're not. No, you're not. I, I don't. I, I wish his brother Drew would you know offer him a coaching position over at Loyola. That's another, <laughs> that's another story. But uh, I, I mean, look, I look. I thought that this was gonna look. I thought that this was gonna be a blowout. Honestly, I did not think that. Me too. You know, look, especially when you didn't have, you didn't have Denzel, I mean, uh, Zach, you know, Zach Levine, you didn't have mm-hmm. him. So I, look, I, I didn't, honestly didn't think that, you know, that they were going to, you know, I thought they were going to get blown up by 20 points. I mean, I, like I had, I, mm-hmm. I already, my mind was already set for us to talk about, oh, well, you know, okay, yeah, they didn't have Zach, but, you know, they had Jim, they had Jimmy and Bam and, you know, Cam Robinson and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, you know, look, but they didn't. I mean, look, they could have, they could have ran away, you know, crawl into a hole and, and hid after being down, you know, by the like, 18. But they didn't, you know, they, look, they fought back, you know, they came back, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll talk about that game on, you know, on Monday, or next episode, you know, they have that, that little two-gamer, but look, I, I think, look, they looked really good, look, Vucevic looked really good, I mean, Kobe mm-hmm. White's actually been, has kind of played at another level since Zach's, you know, in Zach's absence, yes. and, you know, and look, you know, Tice, you know, like I said, he's gonna, like, I hope they keep him, because he's definitely gonna be, you know, a, a mm-hmm. cult figure here in Chicago, um, you know, Brown Jr. looked really good. You know, he was, he kind of, you know, you know, was banged up a little bit, but, you know, he played well. I mean, Thad Young, you don't really, you don't know what you're going to get with him, you know, with that. But, <laughs> but, you know, look, he had a, look, he had a nice effort. And, and I, I mean, look, I, I don't know what folks were expecting. I mean, look, you know, Duncan Robinson had 23 to lead the way for the, um, 
for the for the heat and also to like I said, you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, made some big, you know, shots and you know, Bam made some key shots too. So I, I don't know what look, I don't know what people were expecting because I'm I'm hearing like from some <laughs> some people were like, Well, I thought they were gonna be a top six seed. I'm like, wait, do y'all watch basketball? Like what, like, what, what NBA are you watching? Like, do y'all watch the NBA or do you look like this? This roster is not a top six roster in the East Eastern Conference. Well, like I said, we'll talk more. Like I said, we'll talk more about you know the rest of the, the NBA in a little bit on in our next segment. But really, it's, I, I find it hilarious. But look, I mean, well, again, we'll talk more in depth with the you know, the rest of the NBA. But I I I wasn't expecting much for this. I thought, look, I thought I was gonna freak out, but. Look, they lost by five on on Saturday. Yay! <laughs> Whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, and check this out, Lakina. In the third quarter, you scored twenty two points and you held Miami to nineteen. Exactly. So that's a sign. Yay! <laughs> After that's... having a terrible fourth quarter when you scored only eighteen points. That's progress. That's progress. Uh, <laughs> but, but but wait. There's more. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, this, excuse me for using this term. I'm using it very loosely in an entertainment sense on this show. Laurie marketing my punching bag in 21 minutes of action. Three or six from the field. That's including three or five from three-point land. Guess how many points he scored, kids? A total of nine. <laughs> uh, and his plus-minus rating was a plus 10. How the hell did that happen? I don't know. And Denzel Valentine, you just mentioned Lakina in 18 minutes of action, including the air ball in the fourth quarter. He scored a total of nine. And he also shot three or five from downtown. Uh. <laughs> sort this mess out for me. I, I, I don't know what else to say about that game. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, I mean, it was one of those weird games. Okay, look, look, like, like, I don't think anybody expected, to, no one expected, really expected to win. It would have been a nice surprise had they won. I guess, of course, they were able to beat, they all, they beat Boston without Levine. But, like, you know, but mm-hmm. again, I mean, look, look, I'm, I'm not, like, look, I was expecting this to be like a 20, 25 point blowout. So the fact that, like, they were able to catch up and the you know, was, look, it wasn't for some bad, you know, ill-conceived shots and some, you know, a bad first quarter. I mean, look, who knows? They probably would have won that game. But, but again, I, I know who this team is. You mm-hmm. know, we'll see what happens when Zach is able to come back, hopefully sooner rather than later. The, the early word is that perhaps maybe next early next week about this time. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm not – like, I don't know what people were expecting. I've heard, like, some people – like I said, I heard some people say they're going to be, like, to finish, like, top four or top six. Like, what, where, where, who? Who are, 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 are some of y'all even? Do y'all some of y'all even watch the NBA or something? I think some of y'all don't, because I, I don't know. But you know, go ahead, Sid. Here's the thing, and let's go to the front office. If you're Arturis Kanishevis and GM Mark Eversley, yes, Laurie Marketing is a restricted free agent this summer. You gotta find the best deal for him, for Laurie Marketing. You gotta, uh, you gotta hope that some team will be real stupid to give him some semi-ridiculous offer because all the other teams around the league are watching what we're watching, okay? You will hope some team will bite the, try to bite the Bulls and, and, and almost what Sacramento almost did to Sac Levine a few years ago before Gar Pax matched it. It turns, turned out to be one of the smarter moves that they, don't, they did in their, minutes, 
in their history here in Chicago. But you got to hope that some team will overvalue uh, Laurie just a little bit so they could take him off your hands. Because I don't see, as I said before, I don't see Laurie marketing here long term. I know there are some stories that go around that, that he – yeah, that that uh, he's uh, no no pun intended when I say this that is in his head, or he doesn't have that alpha dog in him. Okay, I know everybody can't be that alpha man. Okay, but you got to play your role. But to be honest with you, Lakina, Laurie's better than this, but he just hasn't shown it consistently throughout his Bulls career. But I'm just focusing on this season. Remember, he got hurt early on, Lakina. When he came back, he was scoring 25 points a game. 30, he had a 30-point game uh, here and there. And we were like, okay, this is the Laurie that we expected to see. Then he got hurt again when he came back, and you, and you, and you get this for your return? It's just unacceptable. And, and I think you have to think that it's in his head. It has to be that, you know, that he thinks that he probably will not be back here next year. And – and, but but again, you should be able to showcase yourself that if you want that big contract, if I, this is how let's, look, this is what you got to do. And especially if you're trying to get that big payday, I mean, like you better hope that that you know AK is able to do his best, you know, salesman salesman's job. I mean, you you look, there's gonna be a team that's gonna fight. There's always gonna be one team out there. Look, oh yeah, we'll we'll give Lowry a hundred million dollars. Sure, why not? And see if we're can- not going to see ya. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, your career, chapter two, Larry. Go ahead, but yeah, I mean, look, I'm. I mean, let, let's let's hope that he can. I mean, there's always a team out there that's going to be crazy enough to do that because there always is in the NBA. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, I, look, he's not going to be back next year. I'm not expecting him back. I don't think anybody, any of us are. So, hey, look, if you can try to maybe get something from him, something for him, get maybe get a you know compensatory second rounder. Hey, cool. I'm I'd be mm-hmm. okay with that. Go for it. But he's not going to be here next year. I know that. And also, too, uh, the the problems with this team is bigger than Lowry. But we talk about him because he was one of the uh, star, stars that were drafted to, to hopefully to turn this team around. It just hasn't happened. And I know he was part of that Jimmy Butler trade a few years ago when he was uh, selected uh, along with Zach Levine. Now, Zach Levine has lived up to the end of his uh, bargain. And, and I know he's up for an extension this summer. Hopefully he'll sign it because um, if, you, if you're Zach Levine, I want to stay here. I want to recruit guys. Uh, this management team, uh, they sent the message at the trade deadline saying that we're going to be aggressive trying to give you better players. And if you're Levine, like, okay, this is a start of something. And maybe I could look at this long term and say I could still be the man or if they pick a better player than myself or Vucevic, I, I can run with the squad. I can work with this, and we perhaps can you know, consistently get into the playoffs and eventually get to the NBA Finals. But this is a start. If you're Zach Levine, you're looking at Bulls management and say, what, can, what more can you do to help me be the best that I can be? I brought it this year. I'm a first-time All-Star. Bringing in Vucevic is nice. Well, what else do you have up your sleeve? This can't be it. Obviously, like we told you guys throughout the season, uh, with this ma- new management team, this is not it. Uh, it. There's some more house cleaning to do. Well, I think, like like we've been saying, I like the fact that they're not that Mark Eversley and you know George Kondrachovich aren't mm-hmm. talking to the media. Console. Bad boys moving silence. I look. 
that's that's a good thing. I would rather them not mm-hmm. say anything. I don't want to know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. Look, who knows? Maybe maybe he maybe they we have already had that discussion already. Maybe mm-hmm. look, I know some people said, well, you know, you know, Zach's an LA guy. Maybe they'll try to maybe test the wires out over there, either the Clippers or the Lakers. I, I mean, oh, he can. I mean, but again, you know, I'm I'm sure they're gonna do their best sales, you know, their sales pitch and like, look. We got you, Vucevic. You know, you're able to. You know, what what can I do? What what are you guys? What can I do to help recruit more guys? What, you know, what what can what can we do? Because I, I want to stay here. I want to win a championship here. I mean, like I I made a home here and such. And and look, we don't look. We don't know what what's going on in Zach's mind. We don't. Mm-hmm. And that and we don't know what goes what's going on in AK and Eversley's minds. That's a good thing. Yeah. I'm all right. I don't need to be, t- be inundated with a constantly of what they're. Oh well, you know we're gonna go check, go get this guy, try to get this guy, try to get this guy. Or we'll, we'll we won't sign a large officer. We're gonna try to move him and get a get a pick, you know, compensatory pick, or you know, hopefully that the Magic will get a top four because that that's protected and that's our pick. Wait, we can get like a top, like a Jalen Suggs or a Kate mm-hmm. Cunningham. That, 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 look, that's fine. Go ahead. Look, do what you need to do. <laughs> Like I don't need to know what's going on in your heads. You don't have to tell everybody what goes on in your heads all the time. That, that just, just, yeah, but just, just do it if you can. Uh, the rest of the schedule for the Bulls this week, of course, as Lakina mentioned, they just wrapped up their two-game series uh, uh, down there in Miami. We'll recap uh, that uh, uh, in our next episode. Of course, tomorrow night, if you listen to us on our podcast, tomorrow night will be Wednesday. They'll visit Madison Square Garden to take on Coach Tibbs. <laughs> they call me Mr. Tibbs <laughs> and the New York Knicks, who's, who's been on the road. We'll talk about uh, their game this past Saturday against Toronto in our next segment. Uh, after the Bulls play the Knicks in Madison Square Garden on Wednesday, Friday they'll come back home to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. And Saturday they'll go uh, down to the Dirty South, as the kids will say, to take on Atlanta. And next Monday they'll come back home at the UC to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Lakina, they need Zach Levine to have any chance of getting into the playing tournament. I, <laughs> maybe they'll surprise us with a win, in, win against the Knicks or against Milwaukee. I doubt it, but if they surprise us with a win against a better team, I'm all for it, but I, get, I, I had to go with you. I have nothing. <laughs> there's, really, there's really, yeah, I mean, just, just to put a capper, <laughs> to put a capper on, on this particular segment, I mean, I mean, look, if, you, if, they, if they end up beating the Knicks tomorrow, if they end up being you know, the, the Bucks on Friday, either one, I mean, look, you know, they, look, they beat Boston. No one really saw that saw that coming so mm-hmm. look we've seen weird things happen in the nba this year you know it's so, sort of like inconceived games and sort of like weird results so mm-hmm. and especially this season like this i wouldn't be surprised if they win either one of these games but look i think if we saw that fight we saw from miami you know in miami i mean look mm-hmm. we're you know, look they're gonna keep putting up that fight and that's okay as long as you're putting up yeah. that fight and look make yourself look good to potential free agents yeah, that's all you have to do until the regular season concludes in a few weeks. Lakina, let's review, refuel ourselves and take this 20-second timeout. On the flip side, we'll review the best and worst of the NBA from the weekend. We'll give you some of the key games to watch this upcoming week. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of the NFL draft. Uh, a former Chicago Bear is fighting for his life as we speak. And we'll have a couple of other stories, and we'll have a lot more well, a lot more fun as well. 
along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown, which is me. You're listening to Second City Sports. Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with, with, with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports. You can get a special preview right here on YouTube first every Monday and Friday at on War Media. Once again, at W A R R Media on YouTube. That's every Monday and Friday. Our podcast schedule has not changed. It's still every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday for the podcast version at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. In all podcast platforms, type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on WeAreRegalRadio.com. And on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Uh, let's do some hockey, Lakina. Andrew Shaw. Breaking news from um, Monday morning, which was yesterday. Andrew Shaw, the 10-year veteran of the National Hockey League and two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Chicago Blackhawks from 2013 and 2015, has called it a career at the age of 29. Lakina, I remember this young man when he first came up uh, during the latter stages of the 2011-2012 season. He scored a goal uh, in his first a career game in the NHL. Uh, it doesn't happen to too many players, of course. Uh, he has some memorable, memorable moments uh, during those Stanley Cup runs in the mid-2010s. Uh, we'll get to those in just a second. He was a hard-nosed player. I know uh, listening to um, one of the uh, local radio stations here in town, Chicago, which we're broadcaster from, mm-hmm. I know uh, uh, many people compared him to A.J. Przinsky, former White Sox player, now broadcaster, uh, Dennis Rodman, and other uh, players that um, they weren't the superstars, but they were the tangible players that you needed. You loved them if they were your teammate, but you hated them if you played against them. And that's, I think that was kind of a fair assessment for Andrew Shaw. He was this version's, uh, this Blackhawks version of, of Adam Burge, if you guys remember Adam Burge, he was on that 2010 Stanley Cup team. He wore jersey number 37. He was that uh, fourth liner guy. He didn't score a lot of goals, but he provided a lot of physicality, a lot of attitude. And that's what Andrew Shaw did during those uh, two Stanley Cup championships with the Blackhawks in 2013 and 2015. Uh, He added some flair as well. He had a couple of hiccups, but for the most part, uh, he did what he had to do. Uh, You could play uh, him with a cane and taste, but he wasn't that type of player. Uh, he was a third liner. He was a fourth liner. And he did his job uh, ever since he was acquired before the start of last season. Two years in a row, uh, his season has uh, ended in concussions. And uh, this is um, the main reason why he retired. So, Andrew Shaw, salute to you, my man, for 10 great years in the NHL. I know you played a couple years with the Montreal Canadians when he was traded away from here a couple years ago. So uh, two Stanley Cups, uh, he's always going to be a fan favorite uh, amongst Blackhawk Nation. I tweeted that out yesterday. So uh, Andrew Shaw, he will be missed. But, you know, this is what happens when um, 
especially in the game of hockey. We talked about this before, Lakina. Uh, you can't uh, all athletic of uh, all athletes have their hardships. Okay, and I don't care what sport that you play in, but I always uh, find it amazing that hockey players and I know football players. We talk about concussions all the time, but hockey players they go through a lot just to play one game, and with the physicality that's uh, that is expected in hockey, with all the equipment that they wear too. Remember, folks, they uh, 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 average player speed is faster than a car going down a side street. Okay, so with the with the speed and agility, with the equipment and the physicality of the game, it takes a lot for these guys, and along with the other parts of the training, of course, it takes a lot for these guys just to get ready just to play one game. Imagine. Uh, doing that for 82 games, preseason, playoff runs like the Hawks had when Andrew Shaw was here doing those same cup runs uh, back in the last decade. So, And it takes a lot on you. And it, uh, hockey is, is a, a, a physical game, and th- those athletes really earn their paychecks. And it takes a lot, uh, you know, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work just to get to where those hockey players are. I remember I said this before when Corey Crawford retired. Uh, now retired uh, hockey announcer Doc Emmerich said this once when the Blackhawks won the Cup in 2010 and former New Jersey Devil John Madden was on the team. And of course, Doc Emmerich also did the Devil's games as well. And he said this, and I quote, uh, referring to John Madden, after winning the Stanley Cup every morning, I woke up and a body part hurt somewhere. Uh, a body part was aching on my body. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it wasn't until the middle of July that I woke up and my body didn't hurt. It didn't hurt somewhere. Look, That's what these hockey players go through just to play one game. Yeah, imagine think, going through that for a whole year. Yeah, I think that people forget that how you know how physical the sport is. People forget how mm-hmm. you know how you know how draining it could be. How much you know, mm-hmm. you're all bruised up afterwards. Look at Eric Lindros, who probably could have been even a better even better player than what he what he was, but because you know, got him, got time. him. So this is the case there also too with Andrew Shaw. And look, he's he's a grit. You know, he was known for his grit. He was known for that tenacity. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I'm gonna miss him very much. He's only 29 to the fact that you know he's had unfortunately so many concussions and he didn't really have a t- a choice but to retire. He said, look, I'm not gonna try to come back. I'm gonna spend some time with his you know his wife and his kids. And look, he should mm-hmm. be commended for that. And, and look, he was a big part of those 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 last two Stanley Cups in 2013 and 2015. He 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 was, and I don't think that he gets his due like you know some of the other players you know do for in those 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 particular Stanley Cup teams. Mm-hmm. He was sort of like you know the during the that, that comeback against against Boston. That that look, he was yeah. the guy that kind of led the charge in that comeback when they ended up winning, ended up you know, clinching the cup when they were down. So I, look, I think that he needs to you know get celebrated and you know. Look, he is. Look, I didn't hate you know Andrew Shaw when I found out we were getting him because you know it, that's kind of where I put him like you know Dennis Rodman, Adrian Brzezinski because you know you hate those guys you hate until they they they, they play you know on your team you know you're willing mm-hmm. to embrace them. You know Andrew Shaw is sort of like that same guy, even though he wasn't you know he's not a big of a jerk or anything like that. So he's actually a really nice guy, but you know he he's look he's he showed that gritty shirt, the determination and. Look, I think he said health-wise, you know, he, he tweeted out a really great video thanking the fans of mm-hmm. Chicago. You know, I implore everyone to check out his, um, check out his uh, social media accounts. But, look, he's a guy that's going to be missed. And, and, look, you can kind of feel that when he's not there, 
you know, that, that you know, one of those, 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 those few years he was in Montreal, he kind of felt that that was missing from that team. <laughs> so that, that grit, that, you know, that's nasty, that leadership. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does. I mean, we'll see if he ends up doing television and things to that, to that, that effect, but you know, quiet there, mm-hmm. quiet you, but, but, you know, this is, look, I'm, I'm look, I, I congrats him on a great career and, you know, and, Look, I think that this is a guy that should be celebrated because he was a big part of those last two Stanley Cup teams. I think people need to remember that. So I, I wish him nothing but the best for – and also not only, you know, the rest of his career, but also good health too because mm-hmm. I, I can, I'm sure, you know, you know, having multiple concussions, whatever the sport, can be very, you know, damaging mm-hmm. long-term. So he did the right thing by retiring. Yeah, we forget that these athletes are human, too. And once, and once they get behind closed doors, they deal with the same stuff that you and I and those of you that are listening and watching us deal with as well. So like you said, Lakina, best wishes to Andrew Shaw on a, a great career and, a, and great health for the rest of his life. I know he has a young family now, so I, I know he's going to uh, be concentrating on that. Whatever he wants to do, whether it's TV or radio work or just do something else away from hockey, he'll be able to do it now. Uh, before we move on, just a couple of great moments that stick out to me. In this moment, I tweeted out on Twitter yesterday uh, that soccer, uh, soccer goal in, in that middle of the game two against Anaheim in the Western Conference Finals in game two back in 2015. We've never seen that before. Of course, it was, it's, it was illegal then. It's still illegal now. But I remember watching that live. I was like, did I see what I thought I just saw? He was using <laughs> his head. head. He was using his head. I know the Chicago Fire, the soccer team, sent him an honor, an, yeah, uh, a vertical jersey, which that was awesome. Of course, you mentioned uh, the Boston series. Uh, game six, he got hit in the, in the face with the puck. Of course, uh, they had to, he had to go get stitched up. But after the Hawks uh, stole game six and won it all back in 13, uh, you can see blood dripping from down his face. I know he became a cult figure uh, you know, for uh, Blackhawks fans. And, and, the, and then, of course, uh, uh, game one of that series before Dave Boland scored that game-winning goal in that triple yeah. overtime classic at the UC against Boston. Andrew Shaw was the last guy to touch the puck. He got an assist on that Dave Boland goal. So uh, Andrew Shaw was a, a difference maker. Of course, like you say, Kane, Tapes, Holsa, Seabrook, who just recently retired, and Crawford, uh, uh, they get all the headlines. But you need those guys that that does the, the dirty work, and Andrew Shaw did that while he was here in Chicago. So congrats to, to you, Mr. Shaw, on a great career salute. Yeah, should, yeah, and and like you said, Sid. I mean, you know, look whatever he decides decides to do. Does he decide to, like you said, do mm-hmm. decides to coach or decides to do media, you know, or just you know decides to spend time with his family or you know a new business venture? So, you mm-hmm. know, I you know you tip your caps and then such to him, and you know, hopefully, you know, you know an ambassadorship for the Blackhawks, you know, definitely deserve Irving. So, you know, the rest of the great career, Mr. Shaw, we salute you. Yes. Let's move on to the NBA, Lakina, back to basketball, the best and worst from the weekend. I'll start off a couple of games that stuck out to me from the weekend. We'll start off with Sunday's action. Portland Trail Blazers, as of this recording, they're on a, currently on a five-game losing streak. Uh, they lost to the Grizzlies at home on uh, this past Sunday, 120-113. Uh, Damian Lillard did not have a good game. He only scored 23 points, but John Morant had a big game for the Grizzlies as the Grizzlies are still in that fight for that uh, 
to, to participate in that playing tournament. John Morant had 28 points and eight rebounds. And of course, the game of the day on ESPN was the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Kevin Durant looked great with 33 points. Uh, the Nets had a big second half in that comeback victory over the Suns. 128 to 119. Kyrie Irving also had a big game with 34 points and 12 assists. Devin Booker led the Suns with 36 points. Lakina, if you're Brooklyn, hopefully Kevin Durant stays healthy. I know James Harden was missing in action again due to injury. Hopefully he'll be back soon so we get a true evaluation of this Nets team. But Kevin Durant looked well on Sunday. Kyrie Irving did this thing. Phoenix had control of that game in their first half, but Brooklyn had a better second half. Yeah, I, I mean, look, they, they looked really good. Brooklyn did. And like you said, Sid, I'm like, oh, look, I, we can't really make any conclusions because we haven't seen this team play at full strength yet. So, you know, look, you know, hopefully Hard will be back soon. I mean, look, hopefully Durant can stay healthy. That's been sort of the problem the last couple of years with him because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, what, what happens once they are back at full strength. And hopefully we can get them at full strength. So that way we can have a, you know, a sort of mm-hmm. a, a proper evaluation of this team. I, I can't really make any, you know, about, you know, we can't really make any predictions right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, look, the, the Nets look good. Okay. But yeah, but let's see how they do once they're at full strength. Uh, back to Sunday's action. Of course, Milwaukee uh, on Saturday, they swept their two-game series over the Philadelphia 76ers in blowout fashion. But the next night in Atlanta, this past Sunday, they lost to the Hawks 111-104. to Bogdan Bajanovic uh, scored 32 points for Atlanta. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 31 for Milwaukee and grabbed 14 rebounds. Lakina, a couple of things. Atlanta, as we mentioned before, they are playing much better under new head coach. Nate McMillan, Trey Young is still out with that angle injury, which he suffered last week. On the flip side, Milwaukee, I told you I'm not a believer in them. I like Giannis, Giannis personally, but I don't like their head coach. I know where the script is going as of right now. They're going to be embarrassed in the playoffs. <laughs> you are, you've already made that. You already made that yeah. the proclamation, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you already made that the official proclamation, right? I mean, they're going to – you're already yeah. like – Sidney Brown, as of 127 Central Time, Chicago time, as we're recording this on April 26th, said he thinks that the, the Bucks are going to you know, make fools of themselves in the playoffs. Okay. So, yep. <laughs> all right. Well, look, well, it's all about matchups, right? Once everything, and once the play-in, you know, the play-in, you know, tournaments or whatever, you know, play, and once you know, everything, the seeds are, are um, matched up. So we'll see. I mean, look, I, I haven't seen anything. Look, I think Brooklyn's a favorite in that Eastern Conference and, and, and Philly too. And look, I, Milwaukee, look, if they can, if they can pull off, you know, I don't want to say upset, but if they end up, mm-hmm. you know, in the Eastern Conference finals, all they know is should be shocked. But again, I mean, I'm not, I, like, like I've been saying, I'm not sold on Milwaukee just yet. I mean, I think that, you know, this just shows you why no one's, we're not sold on them on them but you know look I think it was a nice one for Atlanta I mean Atlanta's sort of trying to kind of like you know make it interesting in that in that play mm-hmm. in so we'll see what they can do um for me I think the one thing that kind of impressed for me is what Steph Curry's doing I mm-hmm. mean as of this recording he's made 85 three-pointers that's the most in a month for anybody I I, I don't look I, I don't look I, I don't think that should he be in discussion for MVP? People say, oh, he's in the top three right now. I, I, I don't no. think so. I don't think so. I mean, look, one good month doesn't make an MVP. 
But the, is he going to put himself in the conversation? Yeah, it's going to be like in like a, in the top five or six. Fine. But again, you got to you know, give your props to him what he's doing at 33. I mean, he should definitely get his get his due for that. But look, I mean, Brooklyn, you know, that was a very impressive win against the against the Suns. I mean, Kyrie had 34. You know, I think this is I don't know if this is necessarily a measuring stick of how the Suns look against sort of the, the top teams, you know, mm-hmm. overall in the league. But you know, okay, it was it was a, it was a, it was a solid you know performance by the Nets. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, you can't really make a synopsis here because they're not at full strength. So, but look, they looked really good. It's a very good Suns team. And look, if you're a Nets fan, you gotta be feeling pretty good about your team right now. Yeah, a couple of the teams from from the weekend uh, going to reviewing Saturday's action. Of course, the Knicks defeated the Toronto Raptors one twenty to one hundred three. Julian Randle, who I think has a better chance of, um, I'm not winning MVP, but he he he's ahead of Steph Curry as far as uh, getting MVP votes are concerned. He scored thirty one points, grabbed ten rebounds, and the Dallas Mavericks uh, they uh, they sweep their two game series at home against the Los Angeles Lakers. They defeated. LA on Saturday, 108 to 93. Um, Dwight Powell, who, who was lost due to leg injury last year, he came up big with 25 points, nine rebounds, and, and an assist. Luka Doncic had a, a big game as well. Kristaps uh, Porzingis had a good first half, but he went out of the game in early in the third quarter with a sprained angle, I believe. So hopefully he stays healthy. As I said before, if he stays healthy, the rest of that Mavericks team is good. Because we saw, we saw what happened last year. Luka Doncic had an ankle injury and, and damn near carried them past the first round against the Clippers. So Porzingis must stay healthy. If he does, the rest of that team is solid. And they've been playing very well. Uh, they're trying to pull ahead away from Portland and Memphis to avoid that playing tournament. And so they, they're looking good right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean – you know, you know, going on the plus side with the Lakers, I mean, Anthony Davis looked really good. You know, he looked much better and wasn't as much as a minutes restriction, but, you know, he, he has not at full game strength yet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but again, I mean, this is something that if you're a Lakers fan, I'd be feeling pretty good about, you know, about your team. Because I'm thinking that once LeBron, we'll see how when LeBron's able to kind of get cleared for practice and such. But Andre Drummond only had six points. You got to do better than that because you're you're still going to mm-hmm. have to help kind of hold down the form until LeBron comes back. I mean, look, Ben, you know, Macklemore had 20 points, you know, leading the way for the Lakers. But again, you know, mm-hmm. Harold didn't play because you know he was banged up, and you know Gasol's been non-productive. You know. You know, Horton Tucker, you know, six points, but again, that's not going to be nowhere near enough. They're going to need mm-hmm. you need contributions for some of your other guys. You know, yes, AD's back, and yes, he played a little bit more. You know, he's still going to kind of on a miss restriction. He's still going to be a couple of games before he's able to play a full game. So you guys need to step it up. You, you know, look, it, you made it respectable against the Mavericks, but you're, you're kind of like teetering in that play-in, and I'm sure the Lakers don't want that. So you better, you know, see if you can kind of finish strong and finish near that top four or five so you can avoid those play-ins. But, look, Dallas, I mean, look, like I said, I wasn't worried about Dallas. I know earlier in the year people were freaking out about Dallas, you know, asking for Rick Carlisle's job. But, look, once mm-hmm. they started getting healthy and once, you know, Porzingis, you know, started scoring consistently and – and of course, you know, Luca's doing what he's doing. I mean, look, I think could they make enrolls in the playoffs? Can they give the top teams in the West fits? Oh, sure, sure they can. But again, I think I, I want to see how the matchups are before I make any type of you know predictions mm-hmm. in that front. And so we still got time to do it. 
You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Damn it, that's me. As we talk about the National Basketball Association, Lakina, let's start off with tonight's games, which is Tuesday uh, for the um, for uh, the NBA. We'll give you some of the key games to pay attention to, keep your eyes on. Uh, NBA TV will have a doubleheader tonight, starting at six o'clock. The Milwaukee Bucks will travel to Charlotte to take on the Hornets. Big game for both teams. It's a bigger game for Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte had a big win on Sunday in front of a national audience against the Boston Celtics. Uh, let's see if they can keep their playoff hopes alive against Milwaukee. And, of course, uh, TNT will get the second game at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time as the Dallas Mavericks will travel to the Bay Area to face Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Luka versus Steph, that should be a fun one. That should be, like, first 130, maybe, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, look, <laughs> This is definitely a big game for playoff positioning purposes. You know, Golden State still trying to kind of like sneak into that, you know, that, 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 mm-hmm. you know, that the outside of that, you know, playing for the Mavs too. So this should be mm-hmm. a, a lot of, that should be a, a fun one, a very entertaining one, mm-hmm. you know, on, you know, tonight, late tonight. So guys, please check that out. Going, yes. to, going to the Wednesday's games, you got the Lakers and the suddenly shrieking Wizards. They've won eight in a row as of this recording. You know, Russell Westbrook, I mean, is still breaking records, you know, with triple doubles and double doubles. And, you know, hopeful this will be an interesting one, too, because the Wizards are like a game and a half ahead of the Bulls as of this recording in that for that last <laughs> play-in spot. I have to say it. I have to. It, it, it's, 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 yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be right if I didn't. But this should be a very interesting, always interesting when these two play each other, especially you got AD versus Russ. That should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. At 6 p.m., we'll have the Atlanta Hawks traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers scuffled over the weekend uh, at Milwaukee. Let's see if they can rebound against a lesser opponent in Atlanta, even though Atlanta has played better as of late. At 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, it's the Charlotte Hornets going to the Northeast to take on the Boston Celtics in their rematch from uh, last Sunday where they uh, Boston got embarrassed on the road. Let's see if they could turn it around at home. Of course, at the same time, we'll have the Bulls and the Knicks. At 7 o'clock, shout-out to our good friend Alana Techauer. Uh, her Miami Heat will host the San Antonio Spurs. They are currently one game over 500. You cannot count these guys out just yet. No, oh, you know, look, any look, any great Pop, Popovich coach team, you never count out, right? I mean, that'd be mm-hmm. – you'd be crazy and, you know, insane if you did. So that should be a lot of fun. And, look, Portland versus Memphis. I mean, Portland needs this. Rematch from Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know – they need this, you know. Portland lost that that first game of that two gamer, and mm-hmm. they need this desperately to avoid. They're in the seventh spot right now as of this recording. They've lost five in a row. Hopefully, they can break that streak because they need it. They want to avoid those that play in. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Dame versus Ja Morant. That should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that was not televised, but you know, you know, it is what it is. New Orleans. You can watch it via our computers. <laughs> oh, of course. Well, here another game you can watch at that same time at eight o'clock via our computers or whatever devices you like to watch stuff. You know, smartphones, tablets, whatever. New Orleans and Denver. You know, Jokic mm-hmm. versus Zion. That should be a fun one too. Both teams are, are you know. You know, it's going to be you know way out of the question for the Pelicans to win it, but if you're you know, but if you know, this is this should be a very interesting game because I think that they they need the different needs this sort of like for confidence. They've been playing very yeah. well since Murray's injury. You know, they're at number four right now out of this recording. 
we'll see if they can keep it up. But that should be a, a lot of fun because, you know, New Orleans, you know, it's very small, but they're trying, you know, everything yeah. can to kind of stay right there. But, you know, you know Golden State's been playing very well lately. So it's going to take a collapse by them, perhaps, maybe try to get into that playoff, you know, play in, playoff. Yeah, in the second half of that ESPN doubleheader from Wednesday will take place at 9 p.m. It's the L.A. Clippers traveling to Phoenix to take on the Suns. Hopefully, Kawhi Leonard will be back for that game. Uh, Paul George has been doing his thing all year. As uh, We have, haven't heard or seen any drama from that Clippers squad. Of course, Phoenix, you know, they, they finished with a 500 record on their East Coast road trip. Let's see if they can rebound at home to, uh, to claim that top spot in the Western Conference. Also, to Boogie, Boogie's has they, they you know, Clippers have signed Boogie for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. He's actually been pretty productive for them. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what we can do over there, and hopefully, he can, he can contribute more. Also, to the finish up that you know that that you know slate of games for tomorrow night, Utah versus Sacramento. Mm-hmm. You know, look, the Kings you know, have been giving teams fits. So, hopefully, Utah you know congrats to them for being the first team to clutch a playoff mm-hmm. spot. But you know, don't take the Kings lightly. No, you cannot take that young team lightly. Let's move over to Thursday. No TNT games um, are scheduled for Thursday, but one game will be nationally televised, and that's on NBA TV at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's Kevin Durant's Brooklyn Nets traveling to Indiana to face Malcolm Brockton's Pacers. Pacers, you know, they're still, you know, they're kind of like meandering in that nice spot, you know, in mm-hmm. the East for that, you know, that play-in, you know, play-in playoff, you know, spot. And if anything, this is sort of like a positioning purposes, I think, with this with this game, I, I believe. You know, Brooklyn, you know, you still want to be able to kind of win and get that one, that try to get that one seed. And if you're in Indiana, you're trying to get out of that, you know, stay, mm-hmm. you know, stay in that play-in, you know, sort of section. So a big one there for positioning, if anything, if nothing else, you know, the, the 8 o'clock game, you, know, you can watch this via your device. You got Toronto and Denver. Toronto's still you know, mm-hmm. fighting to stay in that, you know, in that play-in seat in the East. You know, for Denver, you're trying to kind of stay out of that play-in you know, section in the West. So that should be a fun one. Yeah, but let's wrap it up with uh, Friday's action. Of course, at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, the Atlanta Hawks will wrap up their two-game series on the road against the Philadelphia 76ers. At 6.30 p.m., we'll have the San Antonio Spurs traveling to Boston to take on the Celtics. NBA TV will have a doubleheader on Friday. At 7 o'clock, we'll have Portland traveling to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. This should be a fun one to watch. And it's, it's a big game for both teams, but it's, even, it's bigger for Portland. As we mentioned, they've been struggling uh, lately. And, you know, of course, we talked about it earlier in Milwaukee and Chicago. Look, you mm-hmm. never know. You never know. You know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> like, maybe. Look, like I said before, look, we've seen some strange things happen in the NBA so far this year, mm-hmm. Sid. So I wouldn't, don't be surprised if the Bulls somehow pull off the other side. I'm not saying that they're going to, but don't be Can surprised. Can we send a note to their dumb head coach and to rest their players? Mm-hmm. Is any of the perfect time to do that? It'll be done. <laughs> sit down, Giannis. Sit, Giannis. Sit, Giannis for this yes. game. Sit, sit him for this game. <laughs> uh, out west, though, this should be a fun one. You got Utah and Phoenix. Kind of surprised that, that that's not getting the uh, nationally televised treatment, but, you know, well, that should, but that should be a fun one, too. Some people say mm-hmm. it could be a preview of the, of the Western Conference Finals. Some other teams may have something to say about that, but, you know, it should be a fun one out in Phoenix. And also to the capper on NBA TV, you got the Lakers hosting the Kings. So hopefully, they'll look. If you're the Lakers, you don't want to be anywhere near that play-in. So you better try to win as many as you can until LeBron come, comes back. 
Yep, so there's the, the week ahead in the National Basketball Association. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Let's transition over to football. Lakina, we know the draft is coming up. Uh, the first round will be on Thursday. The second round will be on Friday. Of course, rounds three through seven will take place in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Saturday and Sunday, rounds three through seven. But before we get to our uh, quick nuggets on uh, the NFL draft, uh, we want to take this time to uh, send our best wishes to Steve McMichael, the former NFL uh, defensive lineman, former Chicago Bear, one-time Green Bay Packer. He's fighting for his life as we speak. He has ALS. He announced it in January. Uh, Jared Payton, his, uh, his late father, Walter Payton, was a teammate of uh, Steve McMichael's. Uh, Stephen Michael, of course, now Jerry Payne is his leading sports anchor along with Dan Rohn at WGN TV in Chicago. He had an exclusive interview with Mr. McMichael this past weekend. If you guys didn't check it, didn't, uh, didn't check it out, if you missed it, you can catch it on the WGNTV.com, and you can go to WGN TV on YouTube, but they had the interview up right there in its entirety. Lakina, uh, we wish Stephen Michael the bet, uh, McMichael the best as he's fighting for his life, and I noticed during that interview, I know some Bear fans may want to, uh, I'm sure they wanted to turn their head after, after what Steve McMichael said about uh, George McCaskey. Of course, we all know about the lawsuit that uh, the, uh, the former players did with the NFL, with the concussions and things along that line a few years ago, and they were promised uh, a certain amount of money. Some older players have gotten it, while many other older players have not received their money. But Steve McMichael revealed in an interview that um, – the McCaskies helped him out uh, with a, a special wheelchair as he's fighting uh, ALS. And he said, uh, if anything else, if he wants Bears fans to remember about the McCaskies. They did something great for me. And I thought it was very cool to share that story. Yes, we as fans, we may have issues with how the McCaskies run uh, the football side of things, but business-wise and helping out former players uh, – as Stephen Michael revealed in that interview, the, um, the McCaskies helped him out. And you can't help but uh, give uh, the McCaskies uh, two thumbs up right there. Yeah, and, and look, everybody has their drugs about that family, but look, they mm-hmm. they you know they care about the you know, former players and current mm-hmm. you know their former players, especially with the, those A's Bears teams that was so successful. Went to the playoffs for many years in the '80s, and and I think look they they, they helped out you know with Refrigerator Perry as he's going through his respect you know perspective you know health health issues and some of the other you know other players as well. So I'm not not really surprised. Look, I Mongo as we call him here, you know the cult figure you know here in Chicago. Not only with his production on the field, but, you know how his personality, his jovialness off the field. You know we mm-hmm. see him do media these last like they're like. 20, 25 years since he, mm-hmm. he retired. I mean, he's become a cult figure here in Chicago, and it was tough to read the news and to read the interviews. And if you mm-hmm. saw the video, look, even my, I told my mom about it. She said she's really sorry because, look, my mom's not a big sports fan, but, but she could tell you pretty much every player on the 85, Super Bowl winning 85 <laughs> Bears team. That's just, <laughs> that's just how great that, how great that team was. And, you yeah. know, you hope nothing, you know, but the best for him. But we, but look, you know, we've, we've known folks who have suffered from, that disease, you know, it's just mm-hmm. horrible, and it's going to be hard to see Mongo, you know, not being able to talk or not being able to walk, and it's just, it's going to be hard to see. That's just the realities of it with ALS, unfortunately. 
But uh, you know, I'm little, wish you nothing but the best. You know, Team Mongo, they got a website, you know, and also too, they got a GoFundMe, his wife and yes, you know, he does have a GoFundMe page. So Team Mongo, you know, ch- you know, check it out if you can help. You know, if you also you just hashtag Team Mongo, that's money that goes to the, that organization. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you can't help, you know, any way you can, you know, please do. And hopefully, you know, we're saying our prayers for you, Mongo, and you know, <laughs> just just hope that, you know. It, 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 there's really nothing nothing else you can say about it just you know just hope for the you know expect the worst but hope for the best for him and, and just you know mm-hmm. help out if you can yeah just real quick before we move on to the draft uh i remember watching Stephen and michael as a kid now former sports anchor margie Gregor. i don't know if you remember but uh <clears throat> excuse me um uh sports highlight shows uh, wrap-up shows on sunday nights uh, started to become popular in this town and now all over the nation i remember um, when uh, Sports Sunday on Channel 5 back in the day, it was the NBC affiliate here in Chicago. Uh, Mark Jean Greco used to bring in Steve McMichael during the football season. And Steve McMichael did some crazy stuff. I'm sure there's some old footage out there somewhere on YouTube. If it is, please let me know. I'll go look for it. And, and I'm sure I'll tweet it, uh, some of those um, uh, clips there. But uh, I remember Steve McMichael, like you said, he was a crazy guy. He was an uh, open book uh, he was a, had a fun personality. I remember when the NFL on Fox got started back in 94. I remember, in, I think, the next year, 95, I believe in 96 as well, Corey McFerrin, who's still a, a now a news anchor uh, here in Chicago on Fox 32, when he did the Bears back in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, Steve McMichael was his uh, analyst, and Steve McMichael kept it real, as we said, a community. <laughs> he kept it real. He was very honest, and, and, and that's what we uh, like about our analysts, especially here in Chicago. You can't BS us, you know. We we all know that you have a job to do, but you got to be honest in your analysis and, and tell us what what's going on. And Steve McMichael did that for a couple of years on Fox 32 here in Chicago locally. I wish he was there nationally. Him and Terry Bradshaw would have went at it back in the day, but you know uh, he did that for a couple of years. Up until a couple of years ago, he was doing pre and post game for ESPN 1000 with Fred Hubner and Jeff Dickerson. Um, until uh, the last couple of years. Now we know why he wasn't doing it because he was starting to get sick. But uh, Steve McMichael, he was accessible to the fans. The fans loved him. Uh, he loved the fans back. And so, like you said, we wish the best for him. And and uh, this is not only going to help him, but hopefully uh, with his uh, what he's battling right now is going to bring awareness not only to that disease, but help other people as well who are going through it. Absolutely. This is like a city sports along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Uh, with you know, the the draft just couple just a few days are wasted. Um I, look, I the Bears, look, we've been hearing all types of stuff about the Bears. I I, I don't know what else you can say at this point. I mean, we've heard some people say they may <laughs> we've heard some say they may trade up to get maybe Trey Lance or some rumors are not even saying Justin Fields might be on the table for them, or some some say that they may trade and then, you know, you know, it move back. I personally, I, I don't know, and I don't think they do, but I'm going to take you, let you take this one, Sid. <laughs> uh, quickly, because I'll be honest with you, I don't feel like talking about the Bears. I know we'll give, we'll give you guys the full breakdown of their pick up in our next episode, wherever they do with it, whether they select that, the whoever, whoever they select with that 20th pick, or if they trade up or trade down, whoever they select on Thursday, hopefully everything stays intact. We'll give you our analysis uh, on our next episode coming up this this weekend, but I'll, I'm not that excited, Lakina, because of all the other foolishness that's been going on with that organization, not just with the Ryan Pace regime, but this has been the Bears' history. Can you get the franchise quarterback right? 
And now with other needs that is needed for this team, drafting a quarterback, which is they so desperately need. I don't know if the franchise quarterback for them is in this draft. I know rumor has it that it's supposed to be a better quarterback class next year. If that's the case, then the Bears should be in that sweet stakes as well. But I know they're, as of right now, they're, they're picking that number 20 in the first round. They need a left tackle, which I think they'll go for, because like I said before, I still believe that Andy Dalton will be your starting quarterback come week one in September, okay? They're not getting Russell Wilson. That ship has sailed, okay? They're not getting anybody else that's coming off the free agent market. That's not going to help this team. Their free agent pickup was Andy Dalton, and he's going to be a starting quarterback, okay? I know that we talked about this in our last episode, Lakina, that uh, the, um, they may select the defensive back to replace Kyle Fuller. You could get that in the later rounds, okay? You may just go with the uh, best available player on the board. If it was up to me, you select the offensive tackle. Andy Dalton, he wasn't a bad pickup on paper. I'm using air quotes for those of you that are just listening. But we all know um, you have to have some mobility in today's game. Andy Dalton hasn't had that throughout his career. He's not going to have it now. The only thing that's going to be more about, about him is running away from 300-pound linemen trying to avoid a sack, okay? <laughs> that's why I, I say at number 20, you, you need offensive tackle, preferably a left tackle. That's what they should do. Will they do that? Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's going to be interesting. We'll see what the Bears do. I think, like I said, I don't think they know at this point. So, look, if they – They should get... know. <laughs> you had four months. <laughs> Oh, uh, look, okay. I mean, look, if they get a left tackle, Gabe, they get, you know, some people are saying they should get a wide receiver. Like, go, really? You're good. Oh, okay. Most of those guys will not be there by the time you get to the, unless you're going to trade up. You know, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, you know, they could go quarterback and perhaps maybe try to trade up, but you have, they have nothing. So if I were to either stay or get that left tackle or maybe trade back and try to get more picks. So I don't think they know what they're doing at this point. And, <laughs> And look, look, as far as nationally, I mean, look, until I hear Raj Goodell say that the 49ers are going to draft either Mac Jones or Trey Lance, I'm still going to say they're going to pick Justin Fields. I know people are predicting him to Fields to fall to, I guess, with the Falcons or maybe the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't believe that. Unless, until I hear Goodell say somebody else's name for the 49ers, I'm not going to believe that for one second. I think it's a smokescreen. You know, you don't trade, you know, up to get no disrespect to him, but you don't trade up to get Matt Jones or Trey Lance. You don't do that. So, well, we'll see what the 49ers do. We'll see what some of the other players, you know, that, that we mentioned on, on Friday. Make sure to check out the podcast. I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, no more of these mock drafts. I know it's to keep us entertained, but at this point, it's mm-hmm. annoying. It's annoying at this point. Yeah, sh- yeah. Shout out to our good friend, Jason Pfeiffer, as well. Uh, he said it along with you over the past few years on this show. It's lion season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Lion I just season. can't wait till Thursday night. You know, with all this, like you said, is coming to an end. And if you're a Bears fan, uh, it may be a bigger crap show than what's what's going on nationally. So <laughs> I'll be relieved as a fan when all this is over. Okay. And, and one quick note on the NFL before we uh, close up shop. Um, the schedule release date will be on May 12th. Every, every, uh, the schedules for every team, every team, all 32 teams will be announced on May the 12th. So we'll have a couple of weeks to talk about that before that's released. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that should be – that's always fun, right, the schedule release date. That's becoming mm-hmm. like a big, like, must-see TV. So should be a lot yeah. of fun. Should be a lot of fun in um, – 
excuse me, Ooh, excuse me. Um, the, the schedule release is always a like, it's always a fun time. You know, everybody you know, making like predictions and stuff. Even though, even though nothing's official, you know, with the you know the the rosters and stuff. So I I just find mm-hmm. it fascinating. You know, when I see tweets from people, oh, we're gonna go like eight and nine now with the seventeen game schedule now. So I, I'm gonna find those even more fascinating. It's always a a fun time there in that sense. All right. Um, you're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown as we wrap up uh, the show for uh, this week. Uh, we'll have our next episode, obviously, coming up on, on the weekend. For, for those of you on uh, listening on the podcast, it'll be on Saturday for the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Lakina, let's go back to hockey uh, as uh, we had some breaking news coming in early Monday afternoon. Um, as we reported before last month, ESPN in the uh, NHL will be remarried uh, coming up next fall. But uh, NBC, which we all thought they were going to get this, uh, the secondary package here in the U.S., uh, that's not going to be the case. Uh, according to our good friends, this comes from lastwordonsports.com. Uh, actually, we will read a tweet first from Elliot Freeman. He's the analyst for Hockey Night in Canada for, for uh, Rogers Sportsnet. The NHL will be will, – We'll have a board of governors meeting to update on the upcoming U.S. TV picture for the next Stanley Cup Cup series will be on ESPN three on Turner Sports. That's Elliot Freeman's tweet from um, yesterday. Uh, now, uh, from our friends at Last Word on Sports, um, TNT and Turner Sports have acquired the second NHL TV deal and will air games along with ESPN. NBC will not carry any games for the first time since. Uh, they came uh, since the NHL resumed their season back in 05-06. Of course, remember the 05 season uh, it was due to a lockout. They missed the entire season. It's been quite a long time since ESPN had the rights to NHL games. One would have one would have to look all the way back to 2004 to find an NHL game on ESPN. In addition, TNT has never had the right to air an NHL game since ESPN and TNT are close partners. It will make sense for these two networks to will join together to show hockey. As for the Stanley Cup Finals, it is possible they could be on CBS or a combination of the Turner networks. However, there's still a lot of uncertainty surrounding this, and more information will be released. The classic tune of the NHL and NBC will certainly be missed, especially when Mike Doc embraced retirement at the end of last season. It feels though as hockey was shifted away from NBC. Moving forward, however, the new doors should open for the NHL to get more exposure and thus gain more viewers and more money. Especially with the pandemic hitting the league hard, more revenue should benefit all the teams in the league itself. It is possible in the furious that the salary cap is increased if the league makes enough money. On ESPN, hopefully the hockey league will, will find a home and in one of the top uh, viewership spots. While it's unlikely to take over the NBA or the NFL, it is possible that it grows to a point where it becomes a constant, consistent top performer for viewership for ESPN and Turner Sports. In addition to the NHL on TNT, they will also have the rights to the NBA, as they still do now. Uh, as previously mentioned, it's unlikely that the NHL will pass the NBA for viewers, but it will still be an incredible opportunity for the league's growth. That's what I took away from this, Lakina, is that uh, Turner um, – They'll have more of the sports cover- coverage uh, besides the NBA and occasionally NASCAR and golf. I think this will help Turner. Of course, the NBA uh, sells that network in terms of sports. But I find it hard to believe that now with NBC gone, there'll be less games for the 
on over the air broadcast. Most of the games will be on cable now. I know there'll be a few games on ABC here and there throughout the season because at the same time, um, more coverage and more attention goes to the NBA during that time because they play during the same time in the sports calendar year. Of course, as we said before, when the NHL uh, made their deal with ESPN, most of the, uh, some of the games will be on ESPN Plus. So the NHL TV is gone. That, that app is gone. So, but as far as Turner is concerned, you know, hopefully they'll have a good partnership with ESPN. I think it's going to help that network. Of course, like I said before, it's carried by the NBA in terms of sports, but it should be good. Will it outshine ESPN? Who knows? But uh, the NHL, uh, hopefully it'll, good, it'll, do, it'll do well on Turner. People can actually find TNT. It's a mainstay mm-hmm. channel instead of NBCSN and all these, remember the OLN network when they came back, which is now NBCSN until the end of the year. And, <laughs> and remember versus, <laughs> oh, gosh, of course, yes. now NBC, NBCSN, which will be, like I said, defunct at the, at the end of the year. So it looks like the NHL actually uh, did some good this time, putting it on a channel which everybody can find. Well, here's the thing with CBS. You mentioned that the you know, CBS has no interest in the NHL, so they're, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't interested. So the Turner's kind of going all in for themselves on this. Also, too, there was some interest from Fox, but it was only at a fixed price. So, you know, they, they, you know, they mm-hmm. you know, didn't really want it. So, but also, too, I think that some of these games are also going to be on HBO Max. So if you're like, because, you know, Time Warner owns not only the Turner, that was also HBO. So if you have HBO Max, you know, as far as your cable, you know, as far as you're like your part of your package, you because know, you have HBO on your cable system, your Uverse system, like me, you know, that look that this is good for you. And, mm-hmm. and look, like, I, like I said before, I mean, I was surprised that NBC decided to pull out, but I think, like you said, with sort of like the NBC Sports Network closing up shop, there was really no other mm-hmm. place where them, unless you were, you can't, you couldn't have put them all on Peacock or we're going to put them on USA or you're not going to cut mm-hmm. into, you know, Bravo and all their, all their real uh, reality programming. So you weren't going to do that. Me so. personally, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't care, but there's a lot of people that care more about that. So like yeah. you said, they weren't going to mess yeah. that up. So exactly. So this is, you know, TNT, you know, there's really nothing much that comes on TNT. They, they got some scripted stuff, but for the most part, it's mostly like movies from like the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So look, this is a good, this is good. Like you said before, TV, TN, TNT and TBS. I mean, those networks are our mainstays or they're basic cable networks. So people will be able to find it. <laughs> so yeah, this, it's not on true TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on one of them. What's that other network of? You can name a, a cable channel that pe- most people don't watch. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you can pretty much name it. Yeah. Excuse yes, me. Yes, this is nice. This is nice for the NHL, and hopefully yeah. they can grow. And, and and look, I think look, I think we'll see how their package is sort of lined up. This sort of a secondary package. They're they're going to have the you know, Stanley Cup you know final. They're going to have three games of that, probably on TNT, very likely. It's not going to interfere with their NBA contract. So. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. Look, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be fine. This is a good investment for everybody. Like I said, it, it's interesting, but yeah, this should be a good investment and a win for everybody involved. Yeah, so both those networks will start covering the NHL starting next fall. Lakina, it's been another great episode of Second City Sports when we uh, uh, talk to each other again. The Bears would have made their first round pick. Question mark dot 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 if they have a trade up or trade back, <laughs> and of course we'll recap the Bulls 
potential hot mess again. And I know the Blackhawks will play Tampa Bay this week, and they're barely hanging on to dear life as far as qualifying for this year's playoffs. And uh, baseball should be very interesting in this town this upcoming week. The, of course, the Cubs have Atlanta, and the Sox have the A.J. Hinch cheating Detroit Tigers. So hopefully the Sox can do some more damage against another potentially bad team. So it, it should be a whole lot of fun this week. So when we reconvene for the weekend. Lots of, lots of great sports this week. So mm-hmm. we definitely have – everybody has something to, something to watch, which is great to see. So with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on mm-hmm. the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-8. KID80. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, right here on YouTube at War Media every Monday and Friday. Once again, every Monday and Friday, right here on YouTube at WARR Media. You can catch our podcast every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday at WARR on Anchor. That kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRio app. We're available on all podcast platforms. Type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. For Lakina, I am Sid. You have been listening to Second City Sports. Enjoy your week. We'll see you on our next episode for the weekend edition of Second City Sports. See you later, everybody. Till next time, holla!